0: Hello and welcome to the Hard to Handle Sports Podcast. This is episode number 42. My name is Ismael San Juan. Thank you so much for being here. Julian Edelman retires. He's no longer going to play in the NFL. He had an illustrious career. Wish him the best. His niece just gave out. Also, Sam Darnold goes to the Panthers. Will he get a chance to be a legit starting quarterback there? Will he uh, rebuild his career there? I think so. Also, the Lakers beat the Nets without A.B., without LeBron. The Lakers send a message to the rest of the NBA. They are here to stay. They're not going to go down easily. And Steph Curry passes Gold Chamberlain for the most points in Warriors history. He also goes for 53 on the same night. Crazy stuff by Steph Curry. Jamal Murray is out for the season. He tears an ACL. Hope he gets well. And in the Champions League, PSG eliminate Bayern Munich. The favorites, they are out of the Champions League. All of this on this episode of the Hard to Handle Sports Podcast. Let's. Get started. Julian Edelman, one of the grittiest, one of the toughest wide receivers in the NFL, announced his retirement yesterday. 12 seasons in the NFL, uh, one of the best playoff performers in NFL history, is retiring. His knees just can't take the toll anymore. He missed a lot of games last season. He tried to come back, he couldn't. He calls it a career. So I want to tip my hat to Julian Edelman. Um, you know, he was a 7th round pick, 232nd pick in the 2009 draft. Um, he was a special teamer. He worked his way up the depth chart. And now he's a Patriots legend. People in New England love him. Um, he got the tough yards. He got the tough catches. He was there for all the great moments that the Patriots have had in these last few years. Um, Super Bowl winner, Super Bowl MVP. Just Julian Edelman, just a class guy. Uh, he did have some off-the-field issues, I, I believe, but... And on the field, he was amazing. He's one of the best competitors in the NFL. And I know the Patriots, Patriot Nation is going to miss him. Um, myself, as an NFL aficionado, I'm going to miss seeing him compete. He made some cr- crazy catches. Um, everyone remembers the catch he had against the Atlanta Falcons in the Super Bowl. Crazy, crazy stuff. Just incredible. He had an cr- amazing game against the Seahawks, the Legion of Doom, in that Super Bowl that they won. So just Edelman... He's he's had some great moments. He's a great player. I'm gonna miss him in the NFL. I know Patriots fans are gonna miss him. They did pick up some wide receivers in free agency, so they they are preparing for life after Edelman. But nevertheless, he's a he's a great player. He, he stands for what the Patriots stand for. He's competitor, tough guy. You know, one of those guys that Bill Belichick makes into a great player. You know, seventh round pick. Not not really a lot of notoriety coming out of college you know just worked his way up the depth chart and became a great player so shout out to Edelman for having a great career Uh, I know for Patriots fans when Wes Welker was on the downside of his career they were wondering who's going to step up who's going to be that slot receiver that safety blanket for Tom Brady and it turned out to be Julian Edelman a lot of people are having the discussion if Julian Edelman deserves to go to the Hall of Fame Myself, I think he's one of those players that is just a really good player uh, that had some really good moments, but personally, I don't think he's a Hall of Famer just because his stats aren't there. He has 620 receptions, 6,822 yards, 36, 36 receiving touchdowns, and he only had three seasons with 1,000 yards. He is a Super Bowl MVP, so that could help him, but there's there has been Super Bowl MVPs throughout the NFL history that are not Hall of Fame players. Like Malcolm Smith, you know some cornerbacks, some 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 QBs, like Joe Flacco. There's, you could win Super Bowls, MVPs, and it doesn't necessarily make you a Hall of Fame candidate, a Hall of Fame player. I don't think he does. He he necessarily deserves a gold jacket, and that's. I I don't mean that as an insult or to you know belittle his career. He had a great career. Um, he came out of nowhere, seventh round pick, special teamer, Pro Bowler. But he's, but he's just, you know, he's just not a Hall of Famer, in my opinion. There's there's wide receivers around the same age, around the same um, time frame, around the same generation that I believe deserve to go ahead of him, and they are struggling themselves to get in. I'm thinking about Reggie Wayne. I'm thinking about Heinz Ward. I'm thinking about Tory Holt. Heinz Ward specifically, he was a Super Bowl MVP, too, and he's waiting to get in. He had way better stats. Um, I think he almost lapsed him on... Yards, yeah, he, he, he laps him in touchdowns. He so Heinz Ward, if Heinz Ward is not getting in, then I have bad news for Julian Edelman. I think he's gonna have to wait. Julian Edelman does have what he has going for him is that he played for the Patriots. so I believe he's a three time champion. Um, he's a Super Bowl MVP and he had great moments in the playoffs. Um, he's one of the best playoff performers in all of NFL history, so he has that going for him. So I could see him, see him potentially maybe getting in on the back end maybe like he waits three or four years and he eventually gets in but as a first ballot or a second ballot or a third ballot I, I don't see him going in there's just there's a log jam at the wide receiver position to get into the hall of fame so I just don't see Edelman making it to the hall of fame personally and if I had a vote I wouldn't vote him in but that doesn't take anything away from Edelman he had a great career he had great moments um, if you're a Patriots fan you love him if you're a Patriot hater, you he's probably, uh, you know, hurt you or hurt one of your teams in these in this 12 years he's been with the Patriots. But shout out to Edelman. Um, it sucks that he had to retire because of an injury. You never want to see a player retire because of injury. You always want to see players leave on their own will, on their own, you know, desires. But unfortunately for Edelman, his knees just couldn't hold up. But a lot of people are saying he might come back. And team up with Tampa Bay at the end of the season or mid season or whenever, kinda like Kronkowski. We'll see. You gotta keep an eye out for that. He he did play most of his career with Tom Brady. So be on the lookout for Edelman if he maybe decides to come back out of retirement. I don't see that I don't see that happening just because all the reports say that his knee's basically shot. He has he can't put like he can't he just can't compete with that knee at an NFL level. But wish him the best in retirement. Uh, I believe he has a podcast or something like that, so I think he has something to keep himself entertained when, now that the NFL is over, but wish him the best in whatever he decides to venture. But moving along, it's been a week, or past a week since this happened, but I needed to touch on this. Uh, Darnold is traded to the Panthers. He is no longer New York Jet. He leaves the shackles of Adam Gaze, and the Panthers didn't really give up too much per se, to get him 2021 sixth-round pick, which is nothing. 2022nd, um, I mean, I don't want to say nothing because there has been players that thrive in the sixth round, but for the most part, 2021 sixth-round pick is is not that valuable. 2022, 2022 second-round pick and a 2022 fourth-round pick. To get Sam Darnold, who's still 23 years old, who's y- younger than Joe Burrow, who's younger than Baker Mayfield oh, by over two years, um, I think this is a great move for the Panthers. I applaud them for this move. Um, they were in the sweepstakes for Russell Wilson. They were in the sweepstakes for Deshaun Watson. We all know what's going on with Deshaun Watson right now. He's uh, He might get into trouble, or he, he's at least his name is Murky right now. I don't think a lot of teams want to continue to pursue him while this situation is happening. But for, for Sam Darnold, he's now a Carolina Panther. He's no longer a, under Adam Gase, and we know what that does to quarterbacks in recent history, namely I'm thinking Ryan Tannehill. Once he left the Dolphins, once he got to the Titans and he got a legit chance to start for a competent offensive of coordinator for a competent franchise. We saw what he did. He he has like the best passer rating since he took that starting job from um for the for the Titans from Mariota. He has the best passer rating of any QB. So it's night and day. Adam Gase, I don't know how he kept getting jobs, how he kept um, fooling teams into thinking he was a solution that's for another time but i'm very excited for sam Darnold. i think he has a lot of talent he has one of the most talented arms in the nfl he's mobile he could struggle he could struggle off players kind of like big ben so i think there's a lot of potential there and like i said he's still 23 years old not old by any means and now he gets weapons he gets christian mccaffrey he gets uh, roby anderson he gets dj moore and the Panthers are rumored to be looking for another weapon with their eighth pick. They could get Jamar Chase. They could get Jalen Waddle. They could get Kyle Pitts if he falls to them. Or they could just get an O-line, which is their other rumor that's going around with the eighth pick. So we'll see what the Panthers do. But even if they don't draft another weapon, Christian McCaffrey, when he's healthy, is the best or the second best running back in the NFL. Roby Anderson, with that speed, um, he's a vertical threat. He, he He's familiar with him. He played two years with Roby Anderson with the New York Jets and DJ Moore he's just a uh, he he could be the number 1 on a lot of teams. He's talented, he could go up to the he can go up to catch the ball. He's just a very solid all-around wide receiver that any team would be happy to have. So, just those three weapons, he already has more than he ever had with the Jets. And Joe Brady as the offensive coordinator is a massive upgrade over Adam Gase. He has new concepts, he has a modern Um, strategies. It's just night and day. Adam Gase, uh, I don't even know what he was doing. Super outdated um, offensive scheme that he was running with Joe Brady, um, ex-LSU head um, head coach, offensive coordinator. He now gets an offensive coordinator that's going to cater to his needs, that's going to find his strengths and play to those strengths. So I'm very excited to see Sam Darnold in that Joe Brady offense. I think Joe Brady is one of those offensive coordinators that will potentially be a head coach in 2022. And I I have no doubt in my mind that he's gonna make Sam Darnold better. And because of that, I think Panthers fans should be excited. I think they should be excited for this season. They should be buying season tickets. They should go to all the home games. They should support the Panthers. Cause they have they haven't had a franchise quarterback. I mean, they have they had Cam Newton, but it was it was a murky end. it was a, it was a, it was an ugly ending. Um, I still don't know why they treated him like that. But Teddy Teddy Bridgewater was not going to be the, the answer. Like once they signed him to that contract, I, I think Panther fans knew he was a stopgap. Um, they were kind of hoping to get somebody in free agency or maybe trade for somebody or draft somebody. And now they got their guy. Now they have someone that they could legit invest their future into. Sam Darnold, 23 years old, like I said, he's he's younger than Joe Burrow. He's younger than Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield at this stage in his career was finishing up his rookie his rookie season and then he followed it up by a disappointing sophomore season and then last year he he finally bloomed and he had a great season. So Sam Darnold, I believe he still has a lot of he has a lot of time to to figure it out. He's 23 years old like I said. He's been in the league for a while. But it was with the Jets, super dysfunctional Jets that gave him no weapons. Um, they had an incompetent head coach that doesn't know what he's doing. So now I'm very excited to see Darnold with the Panthers. If they give him another weapon like Kyle Pitts, oh, my God, that offense has potential to be top five, top ten in the NFL. And I think everyone should keep an eye out for Darnold this season. If you If you're a fantasy football player, if you play fantasy football, which I'm thinking a lot of people – do it's one of the funnest things to do if you're an NFL fan if you're a fantasy football player I think Sam Darnold is someone you keep your eye out maybe you get them in the seventh to tenth round he's gonna go he's gonna go cheap I I can guarantee you that you can get him in the later rounds if you're a fantasy football player draft Sam Darnold he's gonna pay dividends he's if you play two QB league that's your second QB maybe get one of the big guns in in the in the beginning rounds but Sam Darnold I think he's going to kill it this season. I'm very excited to see him. He's from USC. Uh, I tend to like players that come out of USC. So, But QBs from USC do have a bad history in the NFL. I think Sam Darnold changes that this season with the Panthers. But moving along to the NBA, the Lakers and the Nets played this last weekend. The Lakers take care of the Nets, blow them out. Um, but the Lakers were missing LeBron, AD, and Kuzma. The Nets were without Harden. But this this game, although it is midseason, although both teams were missing players, it, it by no means um, signifies or gives any indication on how things are going to play out in the playoffs. There's There was some key points that I took away from this game. Mostly, Drummond was having his way in the post. Um, by no means is Drummond the most efficient center. Um, he's always lingering in like the low 50s, high 40s, never really in the 60s, which by centers is kind of low, but he gets a lot of rebounds. Sometimes he misses easy layups or putbacks, but he's right there to get the board or to tip it back in. So for the most part, I was happy. I was very excited to see what Drummond was doing to the Nets. I think the Nets just don't have a big that could battle down low that likes to get dirty, that likes to get physical with with players. It's not going to be Blake Griffin. It's not going to be LaMarcus Aldridge. Um, They're more finesse players. Uh, Aldridge has the body, but we all, we saw what Drummond did to him. We saw him how he celebrated after he made a bucket doing the little. He, he's too small for me. Although Audridge is listed an inch um, taller than Drummond, just Drummond is just way more physical. He's built like tougher. I'm pretty sure he's he puts more weight on. But Drummond, I like what I saw from Drummond on the post. And if Drummond is able to do that to the Nets on the post, I'm just salivating at the possibility at of what AD could do to them when he's healthy. So I am I just hope AD comes back 100%. The Lakers don't rush him, and they take his time with him. Also, the Nets have liability in Kyrie Irving. He's a defensive liability. He, we all know that he's an offensive weapon. He has the best handles in the NBA. Um, he could score the prettiest buckets. He, he, he could make you stop on a dime. He can break your ankles. Sometimes you lose him with all the dribbling that he does. But he... It doesn't change the fact that he's a defensive liability. He's six, what six one, six three. He's I think he's listed six one, but that's a tall six one. He's, his frame is very small. Um, we saw what Schroeder was doing to him. Um, shoulder, I mean Kyrie, could score on anybody, but almost anybody could score on Kyrie. He's he's not gonna stop most people in the NBA. So that is one thing that's concerns for the Nets, Kyrie Irving's defensive liability. And after after the Lakers game, he took another night off. We're going to see how much chemistry the Nets are able to build at this la- uh, latter part of the season because Harden's out. KD's barely coming back. Kyrie's taking some time off again. Uh, there's a lot of pieces. There's a lot of new pieces. Aldridge and Blake are barely incorporating into that, into that system. They have a rookie head coach. We all know what happened to the Clippers last year. I mean, we all know that, for the most part, it was on PG. It was on Kawhi for choking, for not closing the deal out with the Nuggets. But one of their main excuses was that they didn't have chemistry, that the players didn't really feel connected with each other. Uh, That's one of the concerns I have for the Nets. Harden's out. KD's barely coming back. Um, Kyrie taking time off now. You're trying to incorporate Audrey, you're trying to incorporate Blake. There's just a lot of moving pieces for the Nets, and I'm concerned that there's not enough time for these Nets to get all their chemistry going, 100%. But they're still the most talented team in the East. They should still come out of the East, but we'll see. We'll see how they do. Uh, For the Lakers, Ben McElmore went off. Um, He's looking like he's a good pickup for the Lakers. We'll see if he's able to keep this up. We won't really – I'm I'm being realistic. We're not really going to see Ben McElmore have too many games like this again, but it was a welcome sight. Just to see that he has the ability to do it uh, gives me hope that in the playoffs, if there's a game that we really need him, then there's a chance that he might go off, he might catch fire. And it's just nice to have someone that could do that, someone that could just catch fire and he'll give you 20 points off the bench and you're like, okay. We don't need you to do that every single time. We don't even need you to do it consistently. But if you're able to do it at a key moment, then it's nice to have you. But the Lakers shot 55.9% from the three. I don't think that's going to... That's not a norm. They were just really hot that day. The Nets shot 18.5% from three. I don't think that's going to happen a lot either. And they shoot way better than that. But, so, I, like I said, there's not too many takeaways that you could really... Like, if, if the, we see a Lakers versus Nets finals, there's not... Too much that we're gonna take from this game and be like, damn. Like you see, like the the Lakers are just a way better three-point shooting team than the than the Nets. A few takeaways you could take from this: the Nets need defensive stoppers. I don't know how they're gonna get them, but they need um, they need help stopping uh, on defense. Kyrie could be a liability, and Drummond for the most part looked like he could uh, manhandle the Nets' pickments. but KD was barely coming back. We'll see how. He comes into rhythm again, and how he enters the playoffs. So this is is like I said, you can't take too much from this. I'm very excited to see a Lakers versus Nets final. I hope it happens. And the Lakers are giving me a lot of confidence, a lot of hope. The Lakers, since LeBron went down with the injury, they're six and seven. They just finished their seven game road trip, four and three, and they show a lot of grittiness. They show a lot of heart missing all these players not just LeBron and AD but other players have missed time um, during this stretch that LeBron and AD aren't playing like I said Kuz has been out and I think this just shows that Frank Vogel is a great head coach he should be in consideration for coach of the year with the job he's doing he might not win it but he should be in the consideration and I think they're sending a message to the NBA that they're they're here Uh, not just AD and and LeBron like the rest of the crew Thornton Um, Caruso, uh, Kuz, the Morris brother, anybody, Schroeder, they're they're there. They're players that want to compete. They're players that are playing with a lot of heart. And with Frank Vogel leading them with the strategy that he has, with the defense that he's implementing, the Lakers are going to be a tough matchup for anybody. Even if LeBron and AD aren't at 100%, The rest of the crew has stepped up during this road trip, during this time without LeBron. And as a Laker fan, it gives me a lot of hope. It gives me a lot of confidence that when AD and LeBron come back, the Lakers are going to be nice. The Lakers are going to be the favorites to come out of the West. And it's going to be a dogfight against the Nets when everybody's full. And uh, like I said, the Lakers ain't going anywhere. They beat the Nets handily. By no means is this an indication of what's going to happen in the finals if they do cross paths. But it's a welcome sight as a Laker fan, and it's a welcome fan. It's a welcome sight if you're an NBA fan and you're just hoping for a good Finals matchup. If you're, if you don't hate the Lakers, because I know a lot of people hate the Lakers. If you don't hate the Lakers, you're a neutral fan, and you just want to see two good teams go at it. I think the Lakers are showing a lot of heart, and they could potentially make the Finals again. A team that's struggling now to make the playoffs. They're trying to make the playoffs. the are playing. Um, tournament the golden state warriors have been struggling but steph curry has not he just went off for 53 points against the nuggets he needed 19 points to pass will chamberlain for the all-time score for the warriors and he goes for 53 what a man steph curry he's uh he's always an entertainer he likes to entertain nba crowds the world and he does it again Everybody was watching him, their eyes were glued to the TV, ESPN was talking about it, Bleacher Report, and any of the talking shows were talking about it in the morning. Steph Curry needed 19 points to pass Will Chamberlain, and he goes for 53. Um, over his last five games, Steph Curry's averaging 40.2 points per game, 6.2 rebounds per game, four point four assists per game. He's shooting 56 from the field, he's shooting 46 from 3-point percentage. Steph Curry is on a tear right now. It's absolutely a beautiful display of basketball to be able to witness Steph Curry do what he does. He's he's an amazing player. This was his seventh career game with 50-plus points and 10 made threes. Uh, no other player has two of these games, has more than two of these games. So Steph Curry, he's, he's a unicorn. He's a savant. We've never seen anything like Steph Curry. Uh, it's a pleasure to watch him play. He just keeps breaking records. Warriors records, NBA records, you name it. Steph Curry is breaking him. He's changed the game. Um, He's stretched the basketball court by so much. that You got to defend players as soon as they come across the halfway court. It's just crazy what Steph Curry has done to the NBA. And when he puts on displays like this, you just appreciate his greatness. You appreciate what he's done for the NBA. You appreciate Steph Curry. And uh, I'm very excited to see the Splash Brothers come back next year. Uh, I hope Klay Thompson is able to resemble at least like 90 95 percent of what he used to be or i mean maybe he won't be the defensive stopper that he was before but at least on the shooting department i hope he comes back just as good as a shooter because uh the warriors are fun uh i mean i as a laker fan i might not have enjoyed their title run their their dynasty run that much because you know they're in california laker fan it kind of hurt but undoubtedly they are a fun team to watch Uh, they're they're exciting um the energy that that these warriors fans bring is is unmatchable the energy that steph curry and and his crew bring is is just awesome and when steph curry catches fire when he goes for 50 when he when it seems like the, the basket is 10 feet wide and anything that he shoots goes in is just incredible it's it's amazing like everybody has to experience this once in their lifetime on TV and person, Steph Curry, must watch TV when he goes off, and I think it's just very Steph Curry of him to, on a night where he needed 19 points to make history to to pass Will Chamberlain, he goes for 53, and you know you just he reminds you how great of a player he is. He reminds you how fun the Warriors are, and I don't know if they're gonna make the playoffs. I don't know if they're gonna make the play-in. It looks like they'll make the play-in. I don't know if they'll they'll be able to make the playoffs. Nevertheless, Steph Curry's having a great season, MVP season, MVP candidate season. I don't think he's going to win it just because the Warriors are so down in the rankings. But it doesn't change the fact that he's an amazing player. And that was an amazing display of basketball against the Nuggets. I, for one, was very entertained. Um, I couldn't believe what I was watching. I mean, I could believe it. He's done it. Like I said, he's done it six times prior to this. He, he, this was his seventh time that he did it. But it's still it's still amazing to watch. Steph Curry, when when he's hot, no one can compare to Steph Curry. He he's he's a flamethrower. He's it's just I'm lost for words, but I wanna give Steph Curry props and hopefully the Warriors come back. Maybe not enough to be a dynasty again, but hopefully they're there. Um, I want to see a, a playoff matchup with them. Like I want to see my Lakers go up against them. I think it'll be fun. I- I'm, I'm ready to have another Curry versus LeBron playoff matchup. I know there was some fatigue having three straight finals um, with Curry and LeBron. I know there was some fatigue from the crowds, from the NBA community, seeing Curry go up against LeBron. But now there's been a little bit of hiatus. I think we're ready to see another Curry and LeBron uh, playoff matchup. So for these Warrior fans, for these NBA fans, I hope – Clay Thompson comes back. I hope Warriors make um, some key moves so that they're able to be a contender again. I think they just hired a new president. I think I saw it on ESPN or something that they just hired a new president. Hopefully, it goes well for that president. He's able to make some changes for the Warriors and bring them back to relevancy. But shout out to Seth Curry. 53 points on a night. You needed 19 to pass Will Chamberlain. What a show, man. That's what what Curry is. He's a showman. He, He entertains crowds and Tip my hat off to him it was a great game and it was history and it was fun and there's not a lot of players that make you feel that excited to feel the fun of the NBA as much as Curry does and I appreciate Steph Curry for that but on a sad note on the same game Jamal Murray hurt his left knee and it is now been confirmed that he is out for the season Jamal Murray has a torn ACL uh, I'm devastated for him. I feel bad for him. I hope him. I wish him a speedy recovery. I hope everything comes goes well. I hope he comes back the same player or even better. He's still very young. I think he's like 24, 25 years old, 26. I think at the tops, he's still young. He can come back from this. I believe in Jamal, Jamal Murray, and he's a sniper. He's he's at the letter. He he's had some great dunks, but he's also a great three point shooter. So I think his game. Will still be great even if he doesn't come back 100% like athletically. But after a great bubble run, after a historic playoff uh, performance um, versus the Jazz and then versus uh, the Clippers, Jamal Murray came back this season, started a little bit slow, but then picked it up and he was having a career season, 21.2 points per game, 4.8 assists per game, 1.3 steals per game, shooting 47.7 from the field, 40.8 from three. Jamal Murray was putting him and Jokic were putting the Nuggets on their back. Then they traded for Aaron Gordon, and Aaron Gordon's performing well. Um, they're 7-2. and They're 7-1 and going into the Warriors game with Aaron Gordon in the Nuggets lineup. And now they're 7-2, and but Jamal Murray's out for the season. Uh, I feel bad for him. Like I said, the Nuggets were one of those teams that were trending up. They made a move for Aaron Gordon to have another versatile wing that you could throw at players. You could throw Aaron Gordon on LeBron, on on AD. He's he's bulky enough. He has the size. He, he's pretty quick. He can kind of keep up with them. And if you got scorers like Jamal Murray, you got Michael Porter Jr., you have Jokic, then you're able to compete. But without Jamal Murray, without he's he's another player that can go off. Like any given night for 50 or 40 or 30, or just give you 20 and a quarter. But now without him, uh, I don't see the Nuggets. Honestly, with the way they were looking with Aaron Gordon, they were probably the third favorite. They were one of the favorites in the West to make it to the finals. Like it was, I know it's a small sample size, but they were trending up and the Nuggets were looking dangerous. Without Jamal Murray, I think second round is their cap, is their limit. That's the most they could go. I would be. I would be surprised if they go further. Jamal Murray is integral part of that team. But I think this, this shortened season takes another body, takes another toll on another player. I think this shortened season, yeah, they took 10 games off of the season, 72 games, but the season is so short, it's so condensed, that we're having a lot of back-to-backs. We're having a lot of teams putting extraneous amount of toll on these players' bodies. And now I'm worried. I'm worried that we're going to keep seeing more injuries. Uh, I just saw a tweet that the Miami Heat and the Grizzlies play eight games over the next 12 days. So I hope they make it out of this stretch with no injuries. But that just smells. It reeks of an injury waiting to happen. Uh, like eight games in 12 days. That's that's a lot of games to play. That's a lot of back-to-backs. And I like my wish is, you know... The Heat and the Grizzlies make it out of this stretch healthy and they're able to finish the NBA season as healthy as they can. But yeah, that's that's one of the problems. That's one of the the difficulties that we had that the NBA had to make with the shortened season. Like last season was so long. It took so much calendar, so much of the calendar that this season, this upcoming season, the season that we're on, was always gonna take a toll, was always gonna be tough to to make it happen to make the logistics happen i think the nba tried their best but a lot of back to backs a lot of a lot of players getting hurt and i just hope we make it the rest of the season without a a lot of key players getting hurt um or any players but obviously the key players like as an nba fan those are the ones that we love seeing that bring bring in the crowds but yeah, I hope none of the players get hurt. I hope all these bags to bags go effortlessly, and I hope uh, I hope the Nuggets are still able to contend. I hope Jamal Murray comes back healthy. Like I said, those playoff matchups, those playoff performances that he had last year were one of a kind. Him and Mitchell were going off. It was I still can't forget how exciting those games were. But yeah, I think Jamal Murray he'll come back. He looks like a player that has his head on straight. So I think he's going to attack this rehab. He's going to attack this recovery, this road back with like a Mamba mentality. And he's going to come back maybe even better than he ever was. But Jamal Murray, you're probably not listening to this. You're probably not going to watch this. But I wish you the best of recoveries and I hope you come back stronger. And transitioning one last time to the Premier League. PSG eliminate Bayern Munich on Tuesday. They lose 1-0, but they pass... On a score of 3-3 on aggregate, PSG get their revenge for last year's Champions League final. Um, eliminating the favorites for this year, Bayern Munich uh, and Manchester City were everybody's favorite. People were complaining because we they were in the same side of the bracket, so there was no possibility of having a City versus Bayern Munich final. But Bayern Munich get eliminated in quarterfinals, so uh, all those people that were complaining... Now you have nothing to complain about. Bayern Munich are eliminated by PSG. Byron were without Sule, Tolisso, Costa, Goresca, and most importantly, they were without Lewandowski, their talisman, their striker, their number nine, the ones that the one that makes their team go round. But PSG were also without Marquinhos, Icardi, Verratti, and Florenzi. In the end, Kaylor Navas was the hero for PSG, making save after save after save after save. Stopping crosses in both the first leg and the second leg. Keylor Navas, in my opinion, was the key to this. Also, PSG were super wasteful with their chances, especially in their second leg. Um, Obviously, Bayern Munich was going on the offense. They knew they're the favorites. They knew they had a score to go through to make a run for a repeat to defend their Champions League title from last year. And that left them really Open in the back, PSG had more than enough chances to put this game away, to end this game, to send Bayern packing. It could have been a historical result in my opinion. Like they had the chances, they could have put them away. Mbappe and Neymar both had clear chances in front of goal that they couldn't put away. They both had clear chances where either Neymar had the ball and Mbappe was right open or Mbappe had the ball and Neymar was wide open. And all they got to do is make the correct pass lay off their other star teammate, and the other teammate would more than likely finish the game off. But they were selfish. They tried to go for glory. They tried to score the goal themselves. And they missed. The defender got to them. You name it, the end result was not the desired result. They they couldn't finish their chances. They couldn't get on the score sheet. And because of that, Bayern Munich were in the game to the last minute. And I think that might that might hurt PSG if their star players play this selfishly in the semifinals. If they make the finals again, if they play selfishly again in the final, it might hurt them. If Bayern would have managed to get the tying goal, the goal that sends them forward, that puts the game 4-3 on aggregate, I mean, I know Neymar and Mbappe would have been devastated because they had more than five or six chances where they could have put the game away and they didn't. Luckily for them, Bayern was not able to put their chances away. Luckily for them, Lewandowski was hurt. Luckily for them, Kaler Navas is a top-five goalkeeper in the world still. Luckily for them, Kaler Navas, the best goalkeeper in the CONCACAF region, was on a good one yesterday. He was on fire. He was on fire this, this whole leg, this whole series. And PSG move on. And one of the takeaways I take away from this Champions League matchup that no matter how good Bayern Munich has been uh, in Europe, they were undefeated, Um, their first place in the German Bundesliga, they were everybody's favorite to repeat to win it again this year, and now they are out. And now Real Madrid stand alone again as the only team to have ever repeated, as the only team to have ever three-peated in Champions League. And I think that still does not get appreciated enough to this day. Uh, the greatness, just the the sheer accomplishment that it was for Real Madrid to win three in a row. It's just unheard of. It, it probably would never happen again. And it's just, it, we were witnesses to history. Because this Bayern team, by all accounts, had everything to go all the way. They were the favorites, they were the betting favorites. They were on fire. They're one of the best teams in Europe, and they couldn't get it done. And it, it just seems to happen year in, year in, year in, and year, year, year out. Champions League is one of the hardest tournaments to win because you're always playing against the best competition. There's always injuries that happen, and you never know when someone's going to have one of their players go off and score goals, carry the team, or when you're going to have an elite keeper just build a wall on the goal and you're not ever gonna you're not gonna score on them and they're gonna keep their team in the leg but psg moves on semi-finals again back-to-back years we'll see who they play the two legs are about to kick off right now uh we'll see if they play Dortmund or City if Dortmund makes if Dortmund makes a a surprise run and beat City it would be crazy to see a different German team go further into the tournament if not, City versus PSG is going to be a great matchup. And on the other side, Chelsea beat Porto um, 2-1 on aggregate. Porto scored a screamer of a goal. Unfortunately, it wasn't enough. Real Madrid are about to kick off right now against Liverpool. Jala Madrid, I wish Real Madrid the best. But like I said, t- repeating in Champions League is super hard. Uh, only Real Madrid has done it. And we'll see who will win it this year. M- maybe they could repeat it next year, but... It just doesn't seem likely. If anybody was going to do it, it was probably going to be Bayern Munich. I was, as a Real Madrid fan, I, I was genuinely scared. I was like, damn, Bayern, Bayern Munich might do it. But PSG eliminate them, and it is what it is. Congratulations for PSG. Congratulations for Neymar and Mbappe. Um, I'm going to see them in the semifinals, and I hope they do well because they're in the opposite leg. But that was that was it for this episode of the Hearts to Handle Sports Podcast. Um... I should be having an episode coming out soon talking about Ramajid against Liverpool, probably Dortmund versus um, City. And then the Browns just signed with Dave uh, Clowney. We'll touch on that. And I think there's some other news that I'll touch on. But that's it for this episode. If you made it to the end, I appreciate you listening this much, this far. And uh, have a great rest of your day. Subscribe to the podcast. Subscribe to the channel. Have a great rest of your day.